0: Thank you for supporting the Ministry of Victory Outreach International. We pray this message challenges, ignites faith, and that God would fan the flame that will produce a harvest of souls throughout the world. This morning, I would like to have you open up your Bibles to the book of James. And I would like to have you keep your Bibles open we're going to be considering the verses that we find in the first chapter of the book of James. James, I look at James, in fact, the book of James as the school of hard knocks. James here is dealing in these passages of scripture, he's dealing and with the the subject of trials and trouble and temptation. And in these verses, we're able to find how we could go or what type of attitude we should have when we are confronted with trouble, when we are confronted with trials and temptation. The Bible has much to say about this. And it very well could be that there are people here this morning in this auditorium that may be facing trouble some of you may be even surrounded with trouble some of you may even be in the midst of trials and tribulation this morning and maybe you've come into this auditorium heavy-hearted carrying a very heavy load, a load that you cannot carry in a load that you feel is too heavy for you to bear. Well, this morning you've come to the right place. You've come to the place where you're able to receive from the Word of God and we're able to go right into the Word of God and and find out what God expects from us and what kind of attitude we should have as Christians when we are confronted with troubles and with trials. Now there may be some of you this morning that don't have any problems. If you don't have any problems, if you have never had any problems since you've been saved, then you are unique. In the beginning, when you first get saved, it seems everything is just fine, everything is great. You're on cloud nine, and you're going through those uh... heavy emotional experience but sooner or later you will have to confront trials sooner or later the trials are going to come sooner or later that moment of testing is going to come and i would like to talk about the attitude that we should have when we are confronted with troubles and also with trials and we find this and these verses that I have read to you this morning in the book of James. First of all, it says in verse 1 and 2 of James, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Now you notice the attitude that James says that we should have? Now in those days they really had temptation, they really had trials. If we compare the trials that they had in the time of of James and the trials that we have now, we cannot even compare it. In those days people were getting killed for the sake of the gospel. Today, Christianity is very, very popular. In fact, it is popular to be born again. Everybody's born again. Everybody's a Christian. But in those days, to be a Christian was to possibly even give your life for the sake of Jesus Christ. So, James is telling these Christians, he's saying to them, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Now when he says falling into diverse temptation means when you are compassed about with various trials, when you're confronted with trials, when you are going through a period of tribulation, when possibly you're being persecuted. When things are not going right, when there's trouble all around you, when you're facing trouble, James is able to say, count it all joy. Now, when he mentions and he says count it all joy, he doesn't mean that you have to be jumping up and down and saying, oh, praise God, I'm going through this trouble. And oh, praise God, they stole my car. And oh, praise God, they broke into my house and stole everything in my apartment. No, he don't mean that you have to be jumping up and down. Naturally, you're gonna feel, there's gonna be a feeling sometimes uh, that sadness is gonna grip you. It's going to definitely affect you emotionally we're emotional people and I don't care how strong you may be in the Lord there are some trials and problems sometimes that confront us that make us feel sad moments that suddenly there are problems and and difficulties and and trials that come against us that many times it it puts us in a state it could put us in a state of depression but we could rise above the depression. We could rise, why James is saying, that when we consider and when we understand the mind of God and what God is doing, and what the ultimate of the trials will be, what the trials will produce and develop in us, when we consider everything and when we begin to understand how God works, Then James is saying that when we have that understanding you could count it all joy when you're confronted with trials and tribulation. Now it seems impossible to have joy. But I believe that if you understand that if you're going through a trial, then God has confidence in you. If you're going through a period of testing, and whatever that testing should be, whatever that testing you may be going through, if you, whatever it is that you're going through, if you feel it's heavy, then when you look to God and you have God in your mind, and you realize that God has permitted it, then you're able to rejoice because you say, well, if God has permitted this testing that I'm going through and this trial that I'm facing, then it must be that God thinks that I'm strong enough and he has confidence in me enough that I'm going to go through it and that I'm going to be able to bear it. And that I'm going to have the victory over it. You remember with Job, the devil said, "Let let me just work on him and he'll curse your name. And God said, no, he won't. He says, go ahead and do this and do that, and I'll permit you to go so far, and I'll prove to you that he'll still love me. And the Bible says that there's no testing or there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted more than ye are able to bear. But with a temptation, make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So we could, when we look at the mind of God and we consider God in the picture, whatever you're going through now as a Christian, whatever you may be confronting, the trial, the trouble that may be facing you, This morning, as a Christian, James is saying that we could count it all joy because God has confidence in us. And not only should we count it all joy because of that, but also because we have to understand as Christians that we have to go through trials because our faith needs to be tested. What does the other verse say? My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, you say you have faith. You say you believe in God. But how much faith do you really have? The only way you'll know how much faith you have, whether you're really spiritual, whether you're really strong, whether you really love God, is not when everything is going good. When everything is going fine and when everything is going good, it is easy to serve God. If everything is going your way and you're receiving blessing after blessing, man, the Christian life is beautiful. No problems whatsoever. But the blessings and when everything is going good, that's not what builds your character. Your character is built when you're put through the fire of testing, when your faith is being tested, and when you're able to still rely and still acknowledge God right in the midst of the fire. Then the time comes, and this comes in the life of every Christian, that your faith will be tested. The reason why Abraham is known as the father of faith is because his faith was tested and he passed with flying colors. You remember the incident with Abraham? How he took his his son? even took him to an altar of sacrifice, very obedient unto God. And do you know that there are moments that you go through situations that you really don't understand? We don't have all the answers. So many times I may go through some problems and situations confront me that I can't understand. And I say, well, God, it's kind of confusing. I don't understand why this is happening. But many times, God, even though we may not understand it, nevertheless, God wants us to put our trust in Him. He's not going to explain to you in detail why you're going through whatever you may be going through. But He will require from you obedience and faithfulness. I'm sure that Abraham did not understand what he was going through. Here was his his son that he loved, and suddenly now he needed to sacrifice him at the altar. What did he do? Abraham was obedient and said, God will provide a sacrifice. God will provide. God will not fail. He took his only son, and when he was going to plunge the knife, because of obedience unto God, suddenly God came and God provided a sacrifice. Because of that, Abraham and many other things, Abraham is known as the father of faith, a man of faith, a man who believed and trusted God. And this morning, you may be going through some situations in your life. And if you're a brand new Christian and you have trouble, then it is good for you to be afflicted. The psalmist said, it is good for me to be afflicted. And the only way that faith in your life will be refined, the only way that faith is going to grow, the only way that character is going to be developed is when you go through the troubles and you go through the trials and you still have confidence in God. Go ahead and clap if you want to clap. So then your faith must be, you don't know how much faith you have until you, until it's tested, until it's put through the fire. And even when your faith is tested, you go through trials, you'll also be able to find out the defects in your life you'll be able to understand and and find out the the spiritual weaknesses in your life and the areas of weakness in your life that you need to strengthen so then we are we do have to go and James is saying count it all joy he's saying don't run from it don't try to shun Away from tribulation and trials. Why, that's part of our our Christian experience. He says, if you believe in God and trust God, it will produce something good within your life. So count it as joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now there are some people, and the reason why they fall and they backslide is not when everything is going good. And this is where I would like to see this congregation, and I know that many have been elevated to that place, but I would like to see many of you elevated from the the, the experience of just feeling and going by feeling, but coming into that realm of walking by faith. Not just walking by feeling. If you walk by feeling, then if your reliance is upon how you feel, then you'll be like a yo-yo Christian one day up and one day down because that's the way our emotions are. But God wants you to be a a Christian that's going to be firm, a Christian that's going to be solid, a Christian that is going to be mature. And the only way that will happen is that even when the trials come, and even when you don't feel anything, and even when you feel that God is far away from you, you're still able to have your, your dependency and your faith upon God. Let's elevate ourselves from that place of just going by feelings into the realm of walking by faith in what the Word of God says, in what God says in His Word. So then, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience." Now, in the parable of the sower, it brings out different reasons why people backslide and people fall. People don't fall because of God, because God has no power. People fall many times because they don't put their faith in God. They look at the circumstances that surround them. In the parable of the soul, we find that there was one that fell because of persecution. The Bible says that because when he was persecuted and when things weren't going right, when tribulation came, he was offended. And when the going got rough, then he said, this is too hard for me. Why I didn't expect Christianity to have so many problems. But now that I'm serving God, my family is against me, my neighbor is against me, I'm going through financial trouble, it seems like everything is falling apart, and I didn't count on this to take place after I gave my heart to Christ. And some people are offended, and because of the tribulation, and because of the trials, they go back again into the world. They haven't come to that place of commitment. Maybe the gospel that they heard was a gospel of just jumping up and down in joy and never any trials and tribulation. But in Victory Temple, I tell you plainly, That if you're going to come to Christ, he says, He that cometh after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There are moments and times of cross bearing. Moments when it seems everything is coming against you. Moments when the devil will throw everything he can at you but even at that moment is when you become stronger when you put your faith and confidence in God and then also in the parable of the sower there were others that left because of the pleasures of the world they didn't want to commit their lives to Christ they wanted to hang on to the things of the world so James is saying Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this. He says, know this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So then our faith is tried. And as our faith is tried, then also James is telling us that God has a goal in our lives. There's a purpose why you're being tried. There's a purpose why you're going through the tribulation and the trials that you may be going through. And the Bible points out, James is saying, that if you're going through trials and you're going through whatever you may be going through today, and if your faith is being tested and if you're putting your confidence in God, and even if things are not going the way they're going and even though you may not understand it, But nevertheless, you're saying, I believe God and I trust God. The Bible says that it will produce patience in your life. Now the word for patience, what really is, so you could have a clear understanding, is endurance. Patience. And some of you have been asking for patience. Some of you have been praying for patience. You said, Lord, give me patience. Every time somebody rubs you the wrong way, oh, Lord, give me patience. Every time you get overly anxious, oh, Lord, give me patience with my husband, with my wife. But when you're asking for patience, then the way you receive patience is through trials and tribulations. So you're really asking, Lord, give me trials and tribulations. It produces endurance. You're able to endure. And it's very important for Christians to be able to endure. Because if you remember with Jesus Christ when he was tempted that after he overcame the the temptation the Bible says that the devil departed but did he depart for good? the Bible says the devil departed for a season and you know my and you know my friend I can't tell you this morning that after you overcome this trial that you're that you're facing right now that you'll never have a trial again the way your character is built is by battle after battle trial after trial and as you overcome these battles and as the trials come and the and the tribulation comes and you overcome them trial by trial, your faith is growing and your character is being developed and your, your, your suddenly endurance is being developed within your life to be able to endure the trials and the tribulation that faces you. So the trials then and the testing of your faith produces patience, which is Endurance. And those of you that want to go into the ministry, if you can't face these little trials that you're going through right now, I see some of you and, I, and you say, Oh, Brother Sonny, I'm, my God, you don't know what I'm going through. And I look and I say, little mini, little trial. But for you, that trial is not little mini, mini. That trial is like a mountain, you see. And there was one, one time that I would also look at that little mini trial, that I look at it now, little mini trial, before it was a big mountain of impossibility. You're listening to Living in Victory with Pastor Sonny Argonzoni, your weekly podcast. I know you're enjoying today's message. We would love to hear how these podcasts are blessing your life. Connect with us today at sonnyargonzoni.org. and the things of God. Then the enemy won't throw those little mini ones at you anymore because he'll throw the big ones and, and God will permit him to throw the big ones because he'll say my son could take it. And the more you could take the more responsibility he's able to give you. So then Endurance is very, very important. And Paul wrote concerning patience, he said, but we glory in tribulation also. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 5, 3 and 4. But we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope so then it is very important for you don't snivel when you're going through trials and tribulation why don't you align your will with the will of God the only way you'll have joy is when you align your will with the will of God and stop trying to fight the will of God in your life Now, I'm not saying that everything that's coming against you, God has sent it directly. There are moments when the enemy has brought it upon you, when the enemy has attacked, but anything that has come upon you or is attacking you this morning is because God has permitted it, and God wants you to put your faith in him. And he wants you to look to God. And then the next verse says, it says in verse 3, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So what does patience produce? What does endurance produce in your life? The very purpose of it is to be, bring you from the realm of the immature Christian to the Christian that is mature. To bring you from the realm of being a baby in diapers into the realm of being a solid and mature Christian in the Lord. And do you know that sometimes in our churches, there are more babies in the church than in the nursery? One time I was thinking about the nursery, I said, man, we got a lot of babies. And I, thought, I looked out in the congregation and said, well, we got more in the church. <laughs> and, and how do you know you're a baby? Well, you act just like a baby. Bible says that the signs of uh, immaturity, of uh, a lot of bickering and, and, and fighting and, and, and jealousy and, and conflict and, and division, and whenever you see that happening in the church, inconsistency, uh unfaithfulness All these, all these things are, are signs and indication that a person has not come into that place of spiritual maturity. So what James is saying is, listen, don't look for the easy road. But if you're going through hardship, then man, be woman enough and man enough to confront it head on. And say, it is good for me to be afflicted because it's going to make me a woman and a man of God. So it says perfect. <clears throat> now that word perfect doesn't mean that you're going you're to be in a state of perfection when you don't have any more faults. I don't believe that you'll ever reach that state while we're living here. We're perfect as far as our position before God. Positionally we're perfect, but in our walk we're not perfect, but what it really means in perfection. It means that we've come into the place of maturity, full maturity in the Lord. And then when it says entire, wanting nothing, means that having all that should belong to us. Everything that is ours, we we receive it, we, we, we claim it. Everything that is ours, we have taken hold of it and we're using it for the glory of God. We're standing on the promises of God. We're standing on the inheritance of God. We recognize that we are God's people. We acknowledge that we're victorious people. Those are the people that have come into the state and to the place of full maturity. Not being tossed to and fro, but are standing firm because they know in whom they have believed. And they're persuaded that nothing is able to take them away from the love of God. So then coming into the place of full maturity. And then also we go on and it says in, in verse 5, and follow me in your Bibles. you have your Bibles open. <clears throat> if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, And it shall be given unto him. Now, that is very important as far as wisdom. You say, well, what is wisdom? How does it fit over here? Well, I think, I believe that the wisdom here is related to the trials that James was talking about. Now, if you are in trouble this morning, and if you have problems... And if you're confronting some situation, whatever the situation may be, whether it's in your home, whether it's in your job, whether it's with your neighbor, whether it's with yourself, whatever the problem, whatever the situation that you're confronting, then James is saying if you're going through trials and you, and you have to make a decision, then you need the wisdom of God. And my friend, we need the wisdom of God. The problem with many people is, is that they use their own, their own knowledge instead of the wisdom of God. And there are situations that we get into sometimes that we don't know the answer. You may find yourself like that this morning. You don't know what decision to make. There have been situations that I found myself in that I have had no answer whatsoever. There's been decisions in the church that I have needed to make that I didn't know what decision to make. I didn't have the answer. And there are moments when we find ourselves that we're insufficient and we realize that it's, it's beyond our capability and it's beyond our, all, everything that we have. And this is what James is saying. Listen, when you find yourself and you don't know what to do, And when you find that you don't have the answer and you don't know which way to turn, then James says, in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your trial, get on your knees and call upon God and ask him for wisdom in making your decision. And what does James say? And the God will give to every man liberally as he asks." Now he's not saying he's just gonna give to some. He's not saying he's just gonna give to a few preachers. He's not saying that he's just gonna take care and give wisdom to just a a few that are elect within the church. He's saying to every man, whatever need you're confronting this morning, whatever decisions that you have to make this morning, I want to let you know right now that God has a solution. God has something to say about it. God has an answer to your problem. And you need to look to God and begin to trust God and get on your knees and begin to call upon God. Now, you could have a lot of knowledge, and some people have knowledge, but they don't have wisdom. Wisdom is after you have the knowledge, and if you have knowledge, then you know how to use that knowledge. But there are a lot of people that have wisdom, and every place they go, they're a failure. they, They have knowledge, but every place they go, they're a failure because they don't have the wisdom, and they don't know how to use that knowledge. So then God says, I will give you wisdom. God will give you wisdom. I've known some guys in... Victory Outreach Ministry that have had no education whatsoever. And I've seen, I've compared them with guys that have had some real heavy education. And some of these guys that have had no education whatsoever have been more successful in the ministry, uh, comparing it with others that have had all kinds of knowledge and all kinds of education because these, some of these guys that have had no education have called out upon God for wisdom. And God has given them wisdom, and every decision that they make is a decision that is led of God. And if anybody has knowledge, if anybody knows it all, if anybody knows everything, it is God, and he has an answer to whatever problem you may be facing this morning, and he's able to give you the wisdom for that problem, to make the right decision for the problem. And then it goes on, and let's read, it says... If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But then in verse 6 it says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now you notice what it says wavering and asking. In faith. Now, the problem with myself, and I think that maybe some of you could identify with me, the problem that I have, I, I believe in God. And sometimes I find myself confronting problems, and then I take that problem to God. And after I take it to God, I say, Lord, here's the problem. Lord, here it is. But my difficulty is that after I take the problem to God, my, the hardest thing for me is to leave it there. So many times I give the problem to God and after I give it to God, then I wait one day or I wait two days. I say, did anything happen yet? Is there any change? No, nothing has taken place. There isn't any change. It's not moving fast enough for me. So we have a tendency so many times to pull the problem away from God again and take it into our own hands and take our own initiative and try to work it out ourselves. And whenever we do that, my friend, then we're wavering in faith. And he says in the Bible, if you waver in faith for, but let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now the reason why there may be some of you that have your problems, you've had them for years, the same problem is because you haven't let God move in the situation. As long as you are handling it, my friend, God cannot move. There's been some that have gone here and gone there. You've gone everywhere from, but from God. Yes, you say from your lips, pray about this and pray for the problem, but you've never put it in the hands of God. And you've never left it in the hands of God. You're thinking about your problem this morning. You may even come to the altar. You may even send a prayer request. But have you trusted God? Have you turned it over to God? Have you left it in the hands of God? I've seen so many people take their problems from God again and try to work it out. If you're having financial trouble, well, you you begin to scheme. The scheming process. Well, I'll cash this check and then I'll do it with this check or I'll, I'll take this to the pawn shop or I'll sell this or I'll sell that or I'll ask my mother for some money or I'll ask my brother or oh, I know where I could get the money and you're constantly scheming and conniving to meet your, your need. But if you're, having a, a, if you're having just say for instance financial problems and if you take it to God and you don't have no other, no other solution, then why don't you leave it in God and expect a miracle? You think God cannot provide? You think God cannot work a miracle? Listen, God is just waiting for you to say, trust me and just turn it over to me and you'll see before your very eyes miracles like you have never seen before. The problem is, is that we waver with our faith. We really don't have faith in God. We we, we try to do it ourselves. We take steps in in taking care of it ourselves and we want to solve it ourselves. And the more we want to take care of business, the more entangled it becomes. But this morning I say to you that the Bible says that if you do not have faith in God and if you waver, don't expect to receive anything from God. You stop the hand of God when you begin to move and you begin to take action. So then faith is to trust the Lord, put your problems laid upon the Lord, and believe that God is going to undertake. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from God. Now, the Bible also talks about in verse num, verse 8, chapter 1, it also says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, if you are a waverer, and if you're somebody like that, then it also, you're classified as a double-minded man, very unstable in all your ways. And do you know that people do not like waivers? People do not like double-minded people. They're not popular. You look in the area of, of politics and the politicians that, are, that are, are not are not popular. The double-minded politician is not popular. You cannot depend upon him. You look in the area of business and also the same. And also in Christianity is also the same. Those are people that are divided. People that you, not, you cannot count on. People that you cannot trust when they're double-minded. They make one decision one day and then the very next day they're changing their decision because they're very unstable people, inconsistent and undependable. And they are Christians like that today a double minded person and if you're a double minded person this morning I want to declare to you that you are not in a place of maturity you're in a place where you need to grow you're in a place where your your spiritual character needs to be developed you're in a place where you need to put your faith and confidence in God you're in a place where you cannot be trusted and you cannot be used of God if you're double-minded, you're unstable in all your ways. And you'll never be successful, and you'll never be victorious until you put your confidence and trust in God. William Penn said these words. In fact, he is the man that the state of Pennsylvania was named after him. He said, no pain, no bomb, no thorn, no throne. No gall, no glory, no cross, no crown. And it says in Psalms 30 verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You hear that? Weeping may endure for a night. You may be weeping, you may be weeping, you may be at that state of weeping this very morning, But the Bible says that joy cometh in the morning. In conclusion, I want to share with you some words that I hope are of our inspiration to you. It says, there is no other way open, God, except through sorrow, pain, and loss. To stamp Christ's likeness on my soul, no other way except to cross. And then a voice, still all my soul, and still the waves of Galilee. Canst thou not bear that furnace heat? If missed the flames, I walk with thee. I bore the cross, I know its weight. I drank the cup I hold for thee. Canst thou not follow where I lead? I'll give thee strength. Lean hard on me. This morning, there may be some of you that are going through problems. Some of you may be going through dark periods in your life. But I challenge you this morning to turn your life over to Christ. In verse 12, it says Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. There's a crown that we're going to receive one of these days. And the Bible says that we should endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And whatever you may be going through, my friend, this morning you could put your faith and confidence and trust in God. I'm going to close with these words and share this with you that possibly you did not know. Some of you may have may know it, but do you know that last two Sundays ago, when I asked you to pray, the reason why I was asking you to pray, I said pray throughout the week, was because our church was going through a pretty heavy trial, and boy, I was feeling it. In fact, we've been having a problem just being in this auditorium. I'll share this with you. And that Sunday, when I asked you to pray, I didn't want to panic you and I didn't want to burden you. So I said, pray. I know God is the one that always works. But do you know that we were, we were told, I was told, in fact, that Friday, late Friday night, I was told that that Sunday, when I would come here to the auditorium that Sunday morning, we would have our service, that that was the last service that we could have in the auditorium. And I come up here, and it was supposed to be the last service. And by faith, I just said, pray. And I announced next week you'll have the the play. Next Sunday, 10 o'clock, and don't forget, everybody be here. Gave out the flyers for the next Sunday evening service by faith. And I just told you, pray. Pray. Well, we're going through a period of trials in the sense as far as the authority. Well, the next day, somehow it was taken care of that we could we could stay here for another three months. <clears throat> somehow the Lord worked that out, but even though that is, part of it has worked out because even the finances for the place, now they, they jacked it up very, very high. You know how much they jacked it up? I'll share with you some problems, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You, know, you know how high they jacked it up? We were paying, I think it was $25 an hour. And, and it's funny, you know, people, unsafe people are funny people. Weird people. They talk about gang violence. We have to do something about the gang violence. We have to reach out to our kids. And here we are doing a work for God, gang members getting saved, drug addicts getting filled with the Holy Ghost. At first, we were paying $25 an hour. You know how much they jacked it up to? Putting the pressure on us now. $100 an hour. Meaning that right now, we're paying $100 an hour for the use of this auditorium, which comes out for us to have our meetings, our Sunday morning, Sunday evening meetings, it comes out to almost 1,000 dollars a, a Sunday. about 900, 800 dollars a Sunday. You're talking about, "That's no problem." Uh-huh. But do you know something that, even though this is happening, I went and I prayed. You, hey pray and I went I got away a little bit and I prayed and even I got sick the devil tried to get me sick somehow and, and, and go through different changes but do you know that inside of me there's an excitement you know why because something is happening something is going to give and there's a stirring inside of me like there hasn't been in a long time I believe those finances, God is going to do something with those people, too. Something's going to happen. Something, and that tells me that we are on the right track. And I believe that something's going to give. I, I, it's a building somewhere, and, and God has something that he is going to reveal to us, and we're getting very, very close to the blessing of God. Now, you say, "Well, what do we do this? Well, we don't. We don't operate like that. We we operate in in God. It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit," saith the Lord of hosts. If, If there's anybody that's not going through trials and tribulation, and if you're not being attacked, my friend, then something is wrong with you. But whenever you're doing something for God and people are getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you could rest assured that's gonna there's gonna come moments when suddenly the enemy is gonna come with everything he can against the work of God. But you know what happens? It makes our people even stronger. Why, there's some of you that right now somehow, I've been hearing reports, people are being awakened in the middle of the night and they're beginning to pray. Other people are beginning to fast. God is moving upon his people like never before. So, count it all joy. Should we get sad and downhearted? Everything is falling apart. That was one of my biggest trials when I first was pioneering a church. You know, pioneering a church and getting started over there on Glass Street. And we always had those Doubting Thomases. Whenever we didn't have a good day, some of the people didn't come. Always a brother or sister would come, Brother Sonny, hate to say it, but everything is falling apart. Man, I didn't need to hear that. I wanted to hear something, you know, God is on the throne. And my friend, I, I, I tell you that problems, listen, you're facing problems, you're going through trials. What does James say? Count it all joy. We pray that this message has encouraged you to grow in your walk with God. To hear more messages, visit www.visionintlstore.com Thank you for listening. God bless you.